Hello and welcome to Babies, Bumps, and Bullshit. My name is Janelle and I am the owner of Reclaim Maternity Baby Kids here in Saskatoon. I am joined by Nicole, our social media manager, who also has a little one. And today we're talking about struggles, yours, mine, and ours. We are just hopping on the struggle bus. We've got out our pocket change. We're taking a seat. Join us while we struggle. How's it going, Nicole? Not bad. How's it going, Janelle? Um, you know, this morning was actually a bit of a struggle. Um, I have twins who are just about two. One of them got up at four o'clock this morning because he wanted to wear his hata, hata. And then we went downstairs while he wore his hata. And all he wanted to eat was pea bar. So he wore his hat and ate a spoonful of peanut butter at four o'clock this morning. So you know what? Sometimes it happens. Just living life. Today we are going to talk about struggles. So... There's so many things when you become a parent that you don't know you're going to struggle with. Um, there's sleep depression. Sleep depression? What's sleep depression? Well, that's probably a thing. It's probably my thing. That's next week. <laughs> sleep deprivation. Um, relationship struggles. You're struggling with your hormones because half of them just fall right out of your ass the minute you give birth. Literally. Literally, actually. Um, what was – let's go back to the newborn days. What was something that you didn't think you would struggle with newborn? Because you think, oh, it's happy. It's beautiful. I was just glowing for nine months. I shit out a person. And what did you struggle with? Well, this like is probably going to sound naive because um, everyone warns you that you're not going to get any sleep. And I took all the classes. Like I took um, a birthing class, like um, breastfeeding class, like all the classes to be prepared. And everyone is like, just feed them every three hours. So I assumed I would get three hours stretches like from the get go. And when I gave birth, she came out and she, they're just asleep for a lot. The first, like the first (laughs) time they came out, they are asleep and I would fall asleep. And the nurse is like, did you wake them up for the three hour feeding? And I did not. So I just assumed that they would, you know, she would sleep for a long time. But I was wrong and I came home and I don't know. I just thought that it would be like, you know, three hour stretches and I'd be mm-hmm. up, you know, three, three times a night. But I was up like 10 times that night and I was just crying. It was really horrible. It, those middle of the nights, like you don't understand sleep up deferation. Like when you are like, say, 21 and you're mm-hmm. like out all night and you're up till 4 a.m. and then you get up at 6.30 and you go for brunch and then you stumble into your weekend job and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. Come have a newborn. No, it's really hard. Like she she would sleep for an hour and then wake up and then 30 minutes and then wake up and then an hour and a half. And it was just, I can't explain anything like it. That was truly the hardest part. Um, how did how did the boys sleep? The boys, so the boys had to eat every two hours. Okay. So we would have to wake them up because um, they were so little. So my partner and I took turns like switching off. We would do like, he would do the first, like the 12 o'clock. I would do the two o'clock. He would do the four o'clock, whatever. So at least one of us got like five seconds of sleep. Yeah. Um, they literally still don't sleep through the night. Which I think is something that doesn't get talked about a lot because I thought my children were like little freak goblins who didn't sleep. Because I would talk to another mom, be like, oh, my child has slept through the night since they were six weeks old. I'm like, that's amazing for you. That's not typical. That's really great. Um, But, like, we always end up with, like, a baby in our bed. And that's that's fine. Yeah, no. You know, if if your kid feels comfort in you and you're okay with it, like, I mean, not everyone wants a toddler in the bed, like, hello, boner killer. But (laughs) um, it is what it is. And that sleep... It's literally like torture. No, like, it, it is. I, well, it is, it is a form it is. of torture. Yeah. Right? Like, 
war yeah. crimes. Babies, <laughs> newborns are a war crime. Um, one thing that um, I really struggled with was um, kind of what we were just leaving into was comparison. So um, I didn't have a lot of friends who had had babies. I only had one. So I only had that to kind of compare it to or online. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Instagram. So especially during the pandemic, because um, we were both pregnant in 2020, gave birth in 2020, um, researching things. Like, Google is your best friend, but it's your worst enemy. Like, you know just enough to be dangerous. So, like, when I would research um, our boys sleeping, just because we're on sleep, I would research, like, sleep training. And there's all these different kinds of um, different ways of sleep training. There's cry it out. There's, you know, what did you use? ABCs of sleep? Yeah, I use ABCs of sleep. Okay, what was that again? Like, taking me. care of babies. Um Oh, wait, no, sorry. ABC's Asleep is just talking about safe sleep. So, like, yes. alone on their back in a crib. Which makes sense. Like, that's... Yeah. And, like, I wouldn't consider that sleep training. I yeah, would just consider just, that... it's just, like, the safe sleep sense. guideline. Um, but I guess, like, the actual, like, sleep training we mm-hmm. did is from day one when she came home where we did the eat, play, sleep. I don't know if you... Okay, that's... Yeah. And that's kind of what we tried to yeah. do, too. And yeah. it's, like, I don't know. It's... It fairly, makes sense. Yeah. But then it wouldn't work on all babies, you know? Like, no. I feel like we just lucked out. And I could say, like, oh, it's because I took all these classes. But genuinely, I feel like if I had, you know, a second baby and they just don't like sleep, it mm-hmm. probably wouldn't work on them. But I, like, I think it helps, you know? Yes. Like, the routine and things. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. To me, especially, like, I have a strong childcare um, background. Before this, um, routine is huge. Like, tiny little humans and children, even teens... Here's even me. I know. Everyone yeah. thrives on routine. Even and you're like routine. I used to think routine had to be like, okay, I'm up at six o'clock. I go for a run until six fifty. Mm-hmm. I take a shower. I eat a cup and a half of oatmeal. Blah 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 blah. Um, but routine can be. We get up at six thirty. We have some breakfast. We go to daycare. I go to work. Like it's predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is predictability and routine is so comforting because your little one isn't like I, I don't when's mama gonna yeah. be home oh, I don't know what we're having for supper oh do we eat now do we eat later yeah, it's um, so anything that you can do to really like pour that routine and structure into your little one even from birth even if it is just eat play sleep mm-hmm. you know whatever that looks like for you um I think that's really important and that's where I got really frustrated and put a lot of pressure on myself with comparison so Instagram was a great resource for me um, because I had preemies and it was the pandemic and there was no one to talk to. Um, So I found that a great resource. But I also found myself looking at um, different like baby care pages, like taking care of babies or um, big little feelings. Mm -hmm. And big little feelings is a great resource. Um, But you'd look at these ones and you'd see like, I wonder if something's wrong with my baby because he's not doing this. I wonder if I saw that baby sitting up and my little ones aren't sitting up yet. Is that, I wonder if I should take them to physio. And I heard yesterday, we have a coffee and caregivers group at our shop every Monday from nine till 10. Um, And there were a lot of babes there that were, you know, in a lower percentile um, or weren't meeting milestones. And our host yesterday was talking about milestones. And she said that a typical milestone is based off of a baby who is in the 95th percentile. So, that's not most <laughs> no that's not most babies so is one of my twins and so as long as your baby is meeting their milestones within a certain range like some babies walk at nine months some babies don't walk till 
18 months. Yeah, mine did not walk until 15 months, and that was stressing me out. Like, I was yes. kind of scared that she wouldn't walk at all. Right? Like, what's wrong with her legs? Does she have hip problems? Yeah. Is, um, and that's the kind of shit that stresses parents out, especially if you are trying to confide in someone and say, like, hey, like, when did your little one walk? Because I find – now, looking back on myself as a parent, I found that I asked a lot of questions. Like if I met with another um, parent or say like a cousin or someone who had kids a little bit older, I'm like, so when did little Julie walk? Did you, when you started solids, did Julie spit up a lot? Because you're asking. And I think when you're on the other end of it, sometimes you just, you answer the question flippantly. Oh, they walked at 15 months and you might not think anything of it, but to that person, that parent who's asking, you just think, oh, they walked at 15 months. And I think, shit, my baby isn't walking. Why isn't my baby walking? They said that like it's so normal. What? Why isn't my baby walking? We're going to the hospital. And it's, you know, being mindful of how you how you answer questions mm-hmm. because often it's for comfort. Yeah. Like right? I was going to say, a lot of it is for like reassurance. Yes. You know, I did a lot of that when I was pregnant. Ask anyone with a baby like, oh, how did they sleep? Like, yeah. how was your routine? Because I don't know. Like it just – it's so – it's nice to hear from people yes. that have experienced. I could read Google all day long, but exactly. it's just different from people that you know and like asking their experience and then it's validating and like yes. also can be scary. Like when um, I was a nanny um, prior to this and so I took care of a lot of kids and I was taking care of a newborn and he was sleeping every three hours straight out of the gate. And that's what I thought that mm-hmm. I would come into as well. Um, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. And it's it's like when you want to go to a restaurant and you read the reviews on Google and be like, oh, ambient lighting. The steak was phenomenal. The chef was great and blah, blah, blah. And then you ask someone, you're like, oh, did you eat at, you know, Richard's Steak yeah. Hut? And they're like, actually, we did. This is what we found our experience to be. And you get firsthand knowledge because that to me is so much more valuable than all the books out there. Yeah. Um. And, like, we had a mama in our store yesterday, and we were talking about breastfeeding. Um, and she and I hadn't met before, and we were just kind of talking about chest feeding and nursing and pumping. And she had a really hard time. Like, she was determined to breastfeed, and she hated it. And it was, like, affecting her mental health. And she did it for a year. And she's, like, looking back, she's, like, I feel so sorry for that me. Because, like, that me thought, like, I have to do this this is typical. This is a normal struggle. And that's kind of like older generations thought process is like, you're not trying hard enough. Mm -hmm. Breastfeeding is supposed to hurt. It's supposed to be a really, you know, it's just is what it is. You just feed your baby and move on. And we'll talk about chest feeding in a whole nother, um, episode, but that like struggle of thinking like, I have to struggle through this. You do not have to struggle Mm -hmm. through this. If it's not good for you, it's not good for you. And I had mentioned, like, oh, like, I actually wasn't able to breastfeed um, just because the twins were born without a sucking reflex. So I Mm -hmm. pumped. And she's like, oh, my gosh, that's so much harder. And for – I get when someone says, like, oh, that must have been way harder than what I dealt with. But what you dealt with is what you dealt with. You – that's your story. Like, my – my little story, my little book is is mine, and I experienced it, and someone else looking at it might be like, wow, that was fucking hard. Like, I could never. But I did, and I'm sure you could. And there's stuff in your book that I have I have no idea how you did that. And I have no idea how you said to yourself, this is what we're doing. We're figuring this shit out. We're, we're struggling. We'll fix it. Let's do it. And that's your struggle. 
that's, that's what you're dealing with. Um, one thing we want to touch on with comparison is one-upsmanship. And I feel like, I feel like this is touchy. I feel, (laughs) I feel like it can become almost a competition between, um, between new parents because you want to be proud of what your little one's doing and you want to be proud of your parenting, especially when you're a new parent, everything is so foreign and you want people, you know, I don't think everyone would admit this, but you want people to think you're doing a good job and you have your shit together. So I think sometimes when you're chatting with other parents or you see things online and you're commenting, um, if you see, you know, oh, I'm having, um, I'm having a good time with breastfeeding, you know, baby is latching, we're, like, we're not dealing with a tongue time, having a really good experience. And then someone else can comment and be like, oh, actually my baby latched from day one. It was actually, I had no struggles. Um, it was a perfect experience. I loved every second of it. I'm like, that's amazing. But it's okay if that's not true. That's okay if you're having, if you had a bad time. Yeah. And I find a lot of that like one-upsmanship comes from, um, lack of being able to actually talk about what's going on. Um, and to me, it sounds like a cry for help a lot of the times. Like if someone says, Oh, I'm wondering like about solids. Oh, my baby was fine with solids. We had no problems. Like he never choked on anything. No gagging. Like he ate full steaks from the time he had one tooth. And it's like, no, you lying. First of all. (laughs) But here's, here's a different take on that. That's Mm. from someone Um, And also to the listeners, this is one of the things that we wanted to be like heard on the podcast is that we're not an echo chamber. Oh, gosh, that We've all had, you know, different experiences. But coming from the side of Janelle and I had a very different experience. So different. Like completely opposite, I would say. Like, yeah. And, you know, I feel like I lucked out, you know. Um, And I do feel bad sometimes because with Violet, you know, like our like when people would ask about my nursing experience genuinely mm-hmm. it was perfect but like that's during the beginning and then like at four months she just like completely quit she was just done she refused to nurse oh. and yeah it was it was hard um but like during the I was genuine and I, I did mean that and a lot of the times I feel like because all I heard when I was pregnant is all the negative things and it's like about nursing no about everything oh, like yes, yes yes you're gonna not sleep you're gonna not be able to go anywhere mm-hmm. like enjoy your life now because it's only downhill from here and it's like can't wait no but I and like I I think there's difference in tone like Mm -hmm. there is one one upsmanship and there is yes I feel like and like correct if if I ever come off like no no no, I know exactly what you mean because I have had people do that to me with the walking um (laughs) and um like I want to give hope you know like for a lot of you know no um like even yesterday we had a lot of people with newborns Mm -hmm. and I know that shit is hard and not for everybody like some people genuinely have like perfect newborn experiences Mm -hmm. but I struggled a lot with sleep and I thought it would not get any better Mm -hmm. and for me it's gotten way better from there so I like to share that experience and I hope that it doesn't come off as one upsmanship because I genuinely want to give hope to parents but I know what you mean (laughs) no and that is that's the I don't think that's one-upsmanship. I think, to me, that, now that you say hope, ew, not me crying. Um, But I think that hope factor, like, 
Because you do hear so many negative things like, oh, just wait. Oh, just wait till this. Oh, you think breastfeeding is hard? Wait till you start solids or this and this. And if you have a genuinely good experience, like I think that is lovely. And if you had, if you're coming at it from a place of like, I actually really enjoyed this experience. This is what worked for me. Um, it might not work for you, but I found a lot of, um, a lot of grace in this Mm -hmm. and a lot of, um, it worked for me. And I think, I think that's, I think that's the opposite of one upsmanship. I think that's helpsmanship. I think that's friendship. Oh, it's a different kind of ship. We're off the bus. We're on a ship. Um, no, I think, I think that's the opposite because if I was saying like, you know, I'm really nervous to breastfeed. I am afraid that my nipples are going to fall off and I'm, you know, I'm ready to give birth. And you said, you know what? I actually, I enjoyed my breastfeeding journey. And you said it in a genuine way that you were, you know, giving hope. And I think that's important because there's so much negativity surrounding your parents. And so I just want, sometimes I just want to give light. I love that. (laughs) To darkness. I don't know. It's kind of corny, but you know. (laughs) I think that, I think that's really important because I think it's really, really easy to get caught up in, oh, you think you're tired now? Oh, you had trouble with that? Mm, I had no trouble with that. Because you, everyone wants to relate. That's all what it's coming back to is human connection and wanting to understand what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Because yeah. none of us know what the fuck we're doing. No. <laughs> like even yesterday in her mom's group, we go around, we share, you know, who we are, who our babes are and what we're struggling with. And one of the moms was just genuinely like, I struggle with not knowing what I'm doing ever at any time, always. <laughs> and we were like, same. I know everyone puts on this brave mm-hmm. face of like, oh, I'm a new parent and I read the books. But inside they're like, help me. So... I think that's, I think that's really what everyone's craving is that human connection. Um, I think we're going to leave it there for today. I think we, I think we struggled. I think we came in on the other side. Um, thank you for joining us on the podcast. This has been Babies, Bumps, and Bullshit. We're going to hop off the struggle bus. Make sure you leave nothing behind. Take everything from the overhead compartments. And if you take anything away from this podcast today, Please remember these three things, that your struggle is your struggle. Whatever you're going through is valid. Embrace it. Seek help if you need to. Talk to a professional. Advocate for yourself and your partner. Um, What you're going through is what you're going through. Um, The second one, don't compare yourself. It's okay to ask questions and to want to relate to other people, but don't compare yourself to anyone else because no one else is in your literal shoes. Um, And the third thing is just be kind to yourself and be patient. Um, And when you're talking to another new parent who's maybe reaching out to you because you have a little bit more seniority, um, give them hope. Give them hope and be kind. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Take care. Bye.